0: Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. Join us as our host and fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden, discusses topics beneficial to businesses of all industries. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I am your host, Tim Hayden, and welcome to part three of Organizational Health with my friend, Gordon Blocker. Gordon, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you Uh with us today so uh for uh for the listeners listening in if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one or part two please go back and listen to again the, the first two uh epi- the first two in the series about organizational health i think you'll find it inspiring and we look forward to um you know and then uh, come back and listen to part three so gordon a uh, briefly we tell, tell the
1: listeners that may have not listen, heard part one or part two a little bit about yourself yeah so um on a personal uh, basis, I'm married to Shauna. We've been married for 26 years. We have five kids: Abigail, Zachary, Benjamin, Gracie, Sam. They're ages uh, now 16 to 25. I've got a grandson, Case, and uh, just uh, celebrating the holidays together, which is great. We're all everybody's getting uh, older and spreading out, so it's harder to everybody together I'm actually uh, a member of a big family too. I grew up with six brothers and sisters uh, in Dallas, Texas my parents just celebrated I think there's 60 oh, sheesh I think sixty 60 second wedding anniversary something wow, crazy wow. like that yeah it was pretty nice yeah. And then on a, a professional basis I work for Patrick Joni at table group and uh, our purpose statement is to make work more fulfilling so I spend time with leaders and teams to help them be less miserable and more fulfilled and less dysfunctional and more effective. That is great. Well, hey,
0: today's conversation, part three, is about <laughs> right. organizational health at Sergeant Metal. And for our listeners, yeah. you know, that's a business that I'm blessed to be the senior leader of. And um, so we're just going to talk about uh, what all yeah. we have uh, been through, Gordon, and where we are up to date, and, uh, you know, and maybe even... Give them a sneak peek of what's to come and some of that I mean I know the answer for so yeah hey Gordon, uh-huh. so this will just be a conversation so really I'm gonna turn the podcast over to you and um, yeah you, know, you can start deep diving and talking some about some of the things that we're doing and again, I'm sure you'll ask me a ton of questions so
1: yeah we get to, we get to flip the script a little bit here and I get to be the interviewer, which is good <laughs> so I mean I, I, Tim uh, my first question is going to have a little bit of edge to it, but I've, I mean I, I would consider you one of the hungriest leaders that I've ever met, but I also know you interact a lot with other leaders. So just being honest, what do you see sometimes as different between you and other leaders? Because I'm sure sometimes you're saying things and the other leaders you meet with are going, yeah, I like that too. And other times leaders are, they're, they're not resonating with it. So what do you notice about yourself that's different uh, or the same when you interact with your peers, you know, people that are leading other organizations? I think that's a great question.
0: Um, I say that a lot. I got to quit saying that. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of, a lot of leaders, um, in similar roles as my, that I I'm blessed to be in, um, they want to see the change that we're going through. They want to see the improvement, but they don't want to do the work. Yeah. Right. they're, they're They're not willing to roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty and get into it. Not all, but some, and honestly, I think, I think this is a, you know, you mentioned on the last podcast, you know, um, about being humble it's a humbling experience when yep. you've been in business and for sergeant metal we've been in business you know 40 over 46 years and a lot of people to the outside world say well those guys must have it they must do some things right they must have it going on and to a lot of people organizational health they don't know what it is they don't know what it means yeah. and i think you know and i think so in general and i and i've had leader. i'm a leadership junkie i've read lots of books and listen to podcasts even to this day. Cause I'm still hungry. Uh, wow. I, I still want to grow and learn. And a lot of people
1: are just not wired that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It, you remind reminding me when I have initial conversations with a leader, obviously they're ready for a sales pitch, right? I'm a consultant. So they think it's like a sales call and I'll say, actually, let's just flip the script here. I'm just going to tell you what I perceive your job to be. You tell me how hard it is. And I talk about the four disciplines. What's it like to build a team? To create clarity? To over communicate? To build systems for people? And there, you know, it's it's to lead meetings. You know, Pat has his book on the motive, and it talks about the four or five things that leaders really don't like doing. And they're thinking, when I got to be a leader, I don't have to do that stuff. <laughs> As opposed to now, I get to the responsibility to do the hardest stuff. Um, and so let me ask you about those, there's these three biases that we have at the beginning of the advantage. I'm curious which one of those biases or biases, excuse me, probably had the, um, the the biggest effect on you. There's the, um, the adrenaline bias, which is, I just love doing stuff. I love being busy. I don't have time to think about organizational health and be a leader. There's the quantification bias, which is, I like to measure things. And if I can't measure it, I don't want to do it. And then there's the sophistication bias, which says, and there's got to be a magic bullet out there. There's got to be a book or a model. If I just find it, I'm going to make all this. It's like the pill, the magic pill. So is it the is it the the adrenaline bias that, that gets you the most? You're just too busy. Is it the quantification bias? You, it's hard to measure, so you get distracted. Or is it the sophistication bias you're constantly looking for the magic bullet? I think it's the quantitative. I think it's some things that
0: are hard to measure in business yeah. that a lot of people, if they can't see the numbers and see the measurement It's hard for some people to get buy-in, But, right. but honestly, a little bit of all that, thats not the right answer you want to hear. There's a little bit of that in, in, yeah. in business. And I think probably for any leader that's, that's listening, you know, there's right. probably a little bit of all that at some points in your career, but like where I am today, right. I think a lot of it, we measure a lot of stuff, Gordon, right? Some of the stuff we measure is not really, it's not really that important. I just want to measure uh-huh. what's important. I just want to measure what's yeah. important have a simple scorecard, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
1: I've got an an organization I work with and they measure a lot of things. They have a lot of data, which is great. And I noticed in their meetings, they spend about 90% of the time just analyzing the data. And I Mm. stood up and I said, there's what the data is. There's why it's that way. And then there's, what do we do about it? I'd rather spend 5% looking at the data. 5% talking about why it is the way it is, but 90% talking about how to change it. And the team was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we needed to do. We just needed someone to look at this huge spreadsheet differently. And they said, hey, next week when we get together, you can point out one piece of data, but better point out something interesting because we're going to spend most of the time talking about how to change it. You know, for organizational health, Tim, we say the way to define it is a minimal amount of politics. A minimal amount of confusion, a high degree of morale, high degree of productivity, and a low degree of turnover among your best people. Besides the fact you can measure turnover, which is, you know, is a, an actual number, most of that stuff's very real and very hard to measure. Mm-hmm. So I just applaud any leader that's willing to acknowledge this stuff is real. Politics is real. No one would d- debate you on that. But how do you measure it? And that's what makes it hard because people that play politics in your organization, guess what? They're glad you can't measure it. Yeah. You know, Pat's, Pat says the problem with politics is by the time you realize someone was playing it, it's too late. There's a lot of damage that's already been done. Yeah. But I think, and I think, but where the work, where the hard work comes in is that if you're going to navigate, let's say
0: that you've got an organization today that unfortunately has got a lot of politics in it. Right. That, and then if, if you're going to draw a line of the sand and say, okay, we're going to go on this journey, and I want to ask you to go with me with organizational right. health. Gordon, you've heard right. that before because we actually did, it, did this with our team earlier uh, you know right. last year is that you know you've got in doing that you've got you've got to be willing to address the tough things and yes. that even though it's, it may, it may have always been this way it doesn't have to continue to be and I think that That's uh, right. I, I, and I learned this in entre leadership last year at the entre leadership summit um, and for listeners that are you know this may be one key takeaway it just it just came to my mind is that uh, Craig Groeschel gave a talk? You know, he's a, the uh, pastor at Life Church in Oklahoma, uh-huh. or uh, mm-hmm. you know, largest church in North America, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, he said it may be time to unmake some promises. So yeah. you know, you may have already done done things a certain way, but I, but I tell you, politics is cancer. Yeah, for sure. And if you're not willing to address things, I think as you go through organizational health, you've got to be willing to make some yeah. tough decisions and some tough changes. And you mentioned it on our last podcast. This is, this is some of the messiest stuff I have ever been yeah. a part of.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know what Pat says, Pat says organizational health is the one thing you can't delegate. And that's what leaders do. They like to delegate away, abdicate away these responsibilities. And one of the things I've noticed about you, Tim, and I think a good thing about our partnership is is that I push you and you go do it. I think a really bad version of a consulting part, uh, res- relationship with a consultant is when you show up to watch me do my job so I can do something for you versus I show up to help you do your job. And we want to be careful that I don't even try to step in and do your job. So when it comes to having a conversation with a team, we'll talk about it. And I'm like, okay, t- that's your conversation to have. I'm not going to go tell your team that you got to go do it and you've gone into these hard conversations with your team. I want to arm you for it. I want to be supportive of you, but I think what you've learned is this is on me. And that's, that's just the reality of being a leader and it's responsibility, not a privilege. Well, it's, it's both, but it's much more responsibility than it is a privilege. Yeah.
0: And I think that in leadership and uh, Gordon, give me your, give me your com- your thoughts on this in leadership. I want our team to get credit for all of our success. I don't want to get individual credit. Right. So if anyone ever compliments me about you guys are doing X Y Z, I said, look, we have an incredible team that works very hard, and we're so blessed yeah. to have them with us. So it's, it's a team win. But if right. something bad comes up, I take that responsibility. I say, hey, that's on yeah. me. I need to make right. that better. But to me, I think, to, to me, you know, it, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, as leaders, we're responsible for everything within our organizations. We are. Yeah, you know, But we've got to make sure we've got the right team members that are on these, yes. that, are on, that are on your leadership team. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, it's very important. And I, maybe I pivoted there, but I just thought that important for the
1: listeners to hear that from, my, yeah. from I, my perspective. I mean, I would say it's a little slightly different. I, I, to play off what you said, I think it's both. I think you want them to get the credit and the responsibility for the decisions, success or failure. And what you're doing as a leader is you're being vulnerable to share that. It's really, it's really, I think, a blind spot of a leader Say, hey, don't worry about a team. I'll take care of this. I'll take the blame for this, as opposed to saying, hey, we are all in. I'm going to lead this team, but this team collectively is going to direct this organization. We're collectively going to take responsibility for the success that we have, and that's what's a little scary as a leader, because we want to just do it on our own, and, and we get isolated. The worst thing you can do as a leader is to isolate yourself, but it's very, very tempting to do so. So here, here Tim, here's, here's, the, here's the crux of the whole thing. I think this is our, probably our final question, but it's going to come with multiple answers, which, which is this. I think the net of organizational health and transformation comes down to really just some big aha moments and some what we call breakthroughs. And that's when some, a light bulb goes off, there's a, there's a change in our heart. And you've said to me a couple of times, Gordon, You know, we've been talking about this a bunch of times, I finally get what we're talking about now. Or I, I finally you know, saw the breakthrough What are a few times across the last year when you just said, "Holy smokes, I got it," and what was what led up to that? Well, I think um,
0: pretty early on, Gordon, you made this comment to me, Tim, you've got to slow down, yes, in order for your team to catch up, because I'm always I'm just so far ahead of the team. And what yep. we will do, and I used to vomit information to them. They had no idea what I was saying. I don't do that anymore. I, you know, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> right. But right. Uh, so one thing that I've done, I've done I, is I, I've slowed it down, and yeah. naturally, I've, I'm I'm just built. Lord built me. I just want to go, go, go. But I have slowed down, and I think in slowing down, the team has caught up, um, or getting closer. I don't know if they'll ever yeah. catch up. And I, I mean, in, in a positive way, hopefully it's received that way from you and the listeners. Yeah. Right. But but going through that, um, the advantage is all about organizational health. Yeah, and and it's and it's it's about clarity. There's four things that you know is having a having a, uh, a cohesive leadership team, and the other yep. three things are all about clarity. Yeah, and Gordon, I really didn't understand what clarity really was. Until our second offsite that we had with with you out yep. in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, yeah, right, and and there was three of us there, yeah. And our leadership team had been five, right. And there was three of us there, and you mentioned this on the last podcast, and you know the other two wanted to. And if they're listening to this, hey, yeah. you know what, we it's it's messy, but it's real, and we uh, <laughs> hey, we and 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 they're great members of our team. They're, I mean, they're yeah. ideal team players. One of Pat's books, they're right. ideal team players. Right. Is that um. And they had said, hey, you know what, we would, we suggest, Tim, that you, you know what, let's postpone the off-site right. to, um, you know, like two months later to get through the end of the year. We right. want to be a part of it. And I and said, okay, well, thank you <laughs> for telling us that. But right. we went. And I think right. having fewer people there, we were able to go further, faster. Gordon, you made a comment, you know, after day one. You guys are a lot further a lot further along than what I had thought, and I think right. we had less people there. But but we created we created a new org chart that now has three lanes. There's a leadership mm-hmm. team, and there's three lanes, so they'll ultimately be four leaders. There'll be me. Yeah. I'm Bliss, I'm yeah. our, I'm our CEO, and we'll have a front end operations and support services and everything's under there. There's no names. Right. There, these are roles, and we wrote uh, just a little bullet job job description for each one of those. Yeah. To me, I I had more clarity. Yeah. On where on what we've got to do, and I I don't think we would have gotten that done if we'd had more people there, not to the level we did. Right. Um, yeah. That's at a good that one. point in time, you know, I mean, yeah. to me, that was I, that was a, a big a big takeaway for me is I truly understood okay. Because hey, and I think we we haven't talked about this a lot in our you know this is the third in 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 our in our podcast series, but I would we would make a lot of I'm raising my hand as I'm talking
1: to Gordon. Mm-hmm. I would make a lot of decisions based off people not clarity. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and that and that's the breakthroughs, Tim. Is is when you reorient your brain, you're you just ask a different question and say, "How can I get Gordon in a good chair?" You're saying. What's our sales function need to look like first? Oh, got it. It needs to look like this. Oh, Gordon's not great at those. We need to find another seat for Gordon. If we, you know, fundamentally, like you said with Grochelle, we're just asking the wrong question. Instead of saying, what can I promise my team? You might say, I need to go, I need to go, you know, undo some promises that I made. You're asking me constantly, what do I need to do? We might say, What do you need to stop doing? You mm-hmm. know, I love this. I think we talked about this quote. I just heard it recently. I'm not sure who it's described to, but if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go to go go together. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've created a pathway now where you can go really far as Sergeant Metal. You're not going to be able to do it as fast as you always wanted to, or at that same pace, but you're, we're pushing your team to catch up. And I think often we're just asking the wrong questions or asking, we're not asking the great questions. So we're scrambling to find the answers, but they're not going to help it because we're not asking the better questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I was in. So we've got. So we talked. We talked last month about meetings. And, yeah. And Gordon, you helped to do this. So we have four teams now. We have our leadership team. We have our front end support, uh, operations and support services. Each one of those teams, ha- they have those meetings. They have a weekly tactical. They have yep. daily stand-ups and then and so we do that each group individually, and then that reports to the leadership team. So the leadership team right. meets afterwards to keep everything. It, it, it's been a it's been a really great process. But one thing that came out in our front end meeting yesterday, Gordon, is that we were having some issues on the floor with um, with one of our processes. It's whip the finished good step, and you know in our in our manufacturing operation, right? And come to find out. So it was, uh, we had some, we had parts that had, uh, like, if we build an assembly, there's a parent and there's children attached to it. Well, those children didn't have whip to finish good process that is supposed to be done at QC. So right. we talked about, you know what, we need, we didn't provide great clarity. We left that front end meeting with a decision mm-hmm. on what we're going to do now and, and the cascading communication that we've got to do from that. So now we, we were causing confusion because there was really two ways to do that. Yeah, well, guess what? When I walked away from our two-day offsite in Little Rock with you, and we were talking about clarity, I had more of an understanding about it than I ever have. We've talked about, you know, a lot of times people use the word clarity, but they really don't understand what it means. I truly understand what it means now. So, you yeah, know, we, we did, uh, you know, we looked at our uh, organizational chart. We, we, we have a leadership team, and we have a front-end team an operations team and a support services team. We talked about the meeting advantage uh, last month. Now, each one of those has, you know, they have weekly tacticals, daily standups. And one thing that came out is we had an issue uh, in our front end meeting this week that um, we needed to ch- we needed to make a decision on a process. You know, we we make uh, an assembly that we call a parent and it has children connected to it. And whenever we do, there was a step that was not being followed for for a part to go from whip to finished goods. Well, come to find out, it was bypassing the QC step that needed to happen. So you know what? We've got three or four different processes that need to be won. So we provided really great clarity. We made a decision on, we're going to follow that process. So that was the decision we made. We documented the meeting advantage. And then we, whenever we moved that, and then we had cascaded communication, you know what? We've got to let the team know that we're going to make this, it's already in place, but this is the only way we're going to do it. That's clarity. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And you know, for the listeners, maybe just, I I give this as a, as a final leave behind, you know, okay. If, if if you're saying, Hey, I finally get clarity, then why do people get confused by it? I think it's because we have all these other conventional thoughts. Right. And, and here's a few that I've found is that people view clarity as internal marketing, right? Mm. I'm going to create slogans and I'm going to impress people. And we're going to, you know, we're going to roll out the new values and we're going to have it in a PowerPoint at the next all staff meeting. And people just roll their eyes. They don't want to be marketed to, right? It's not marketing internal or external. Mm -hmm. Number two, we say clarity and then people just start listing things and the list goes on forever. And instead of saying what what we are choosing as a priority, we never clarify the 10 things that are not a priority. I'd rather just ask you what's not important and what you're willing to give up and say no to, and then we might finally have some clarity, right? And the last thing, Tim, is I think we get a little bit too fancy with the jargon. And and I think we think of clarity as sort of fancy words as opposed to just very plain spoken words. Very first time I was ever on a call with anyone at Table Group, they said, humble, hungry, smart. You know, we got nuances that we like to define in certain ways, but I can get that. And we use those words. I like it when clarity is actually used in casual just normal human being conversation. Um, and that's much better rather than, hey, what was our third core value again, Tim? Or what was our strategic anchor? I can't remember Let me pull out the PDF. It's like, if we have to pull out the PDF to figure out what's clarity, then we're off track. And I think that's where it really hits you is like, this is real. This is what we're doing. And it's, it's. I can explain it simply to anyone and we can talk about it and just do it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know. I agree. So I think uh, you know, again, you know, we talked about earlier, but you know, for me to slow down, yeah, to catch up was very important. And then us, you know, we changed, you know, the leadership team is not the same as it as it as it once was. We talked about that, you know, just, just summarizing. But yeah, all everyone that was on our leadership team, all of our team are ideal team players. Our management right. team are ideal team players. If they weren't, they right. would not be on our team. You know, we right. should make sure we've got them in a role. You know, Gordon, one thing we created through all this is our purpose, um, you know, and our purpose yeah. is we want our team to thrive both personally and professionally and join us in supporting our community,
1: you know? Yeah. You do
0: know that? Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to do all the other things that we want to do.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And you know what, Tim? I, I said breakthroughs, but I, I think it's even more specific than that. I think the net of transformation as, of a leader is a handful of hard decisions. Mm. And that doesn't mean they're always clear and sometimes they are clear, but you just made some hard decisions. And they're, they're the ones where you look back and go, was that hard? Yes. Do I regret it? No. Mm-hmm. I think if you, can, you, know, if you look across a year for a leader, you know, it's probably a handful and the rest is just day to day execution. Yeah. But the net of your leadership is the hard decisions that you make when you're with a team. You make better ones. You make them faster. And I think you regret them less.
0: And I and I completely agree, you know. And I think we look back, we made some tough decisions, hard decisions, yeah. hurtful yeah. decisions that hurt my heart. But yeah, it was the right thing to do, you know. Exactly. You get point I, love, that, I
1: love that about you. You didn't turn around. That was good. You didn't you change. Know? I did mean, and, and the
0: thing about it is that, you know, and if if these things ever get to the point that they don't bother me, I don't mm-hmm. need to be a leader, because right. you, you know, you've got people that we're talking about here that we care, we love for, and we care for.
1: Them, you know, right? Um, That's right. It's a
0: big deal. But you know, um, but again. At the end of the day, people just want to know where they stand. They want that's to know where right. they reason, you know. And as leaders, we've got to have hard, tough conversations. We can't avoid conflict, you know. If you're that's If right. you're a leader listening to this, you're thinking, you know, hey, if you avoid conflict, that's not a good situation to be in. You know, it's right. hard. It's messy. You know, so totally you know, right. last year with you, Gordon, it's been a it's been a year of messiness. But it's also right. this organizational health. I'll, I'll start to land the plane here with our with our listeners. Organizational health is. If you look at all the concepts, you look at all implementation. It's so simple, right? But it's so hard. Yeah, that's right. It's simple. You think, well, we can do this. We can do it, but it's so hard because you're having to change fundamental things that you know we've pivoted now from people to clarity. Right.
1: right. You know, that may sound easy and simple,
0: right. but it's far, far, far from it from my seat. You know that sergeant level.
1: Yeah. Back to the biases. I think it's deceptively simple. Leaders will say it can't be this simple. So then we, we don't do it. And when it is, and what I find Tim is that we're really creative in our dysfunction. If there's 10 way, if there's a way not to do it, there's probably like 10 or 20 and the simple, the best ways are like one or two. Yeah. And I think we, we get so mired in all the 20 or 30 really, you know, stupid, you know, conventional ways of doing things, we miss the deceptively simple thing. I'll have people come to me, Tim. They'll say, well, Hey Gordon, I got this employee and, and he's doing such and such. And, and I've tried this and I've tried that. And he, you know, he never does it this way. And dah, dah, dah. I was like, have you gone, have you tried going to him and telling him exactly what you just said to me? Well, no, I haven't tried that. I'm like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just stop doing the 10 other things and going around things and go straight to the person and just say, Hey, I went to Gordon and I said this, but he said, yeah, I should just tell you directly. It's going to be really hard, but it's going to be healthy.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hey, so um, Gordon, what's uh, one piece of advice? You may ask me this. What's one piece of advice that you would give our listeners as we finish up our podcast?
1: I would probably give them the same advice I've given you. They probably are different. Te- everyone's a different temperament. So probably not many the exact same as you, but I would say slow down to speed up, mm-hmm. slow down, stop the noise. Stop the, the, the whirlwind. Stop the the, the, uh, the hamster wheel. Ask some hard questions to yourself and to other people. See what they say, and then you can speed up.
0: Ah, that's good. And hey, so for our listeners, and I have no idea how many people listen. I've said it on the podcast before. If it helps one business owner or one business leader, it's worth us taking the time to do this each month. Yeah. But what we're going to do is that we're going to open this up. Um, if you have got some interest in organizational health, and you know, this these the last three months you listen to these podcasts have really got you inquisitive and thinking. And if you want to ask some questions, Gordon and I are going to interview somebody that yeah. has not went through the process. So, my if you're interested in finding out some more and being interviewed, my email address. My name's Tim Hayden, uh, and my email is T Hayden H A Y D E N at sergeantmetal, S A R G E N T M E T A L dot com. So email me, and if anyone's interested, um, you know, we'll um, say, when you email me, tell us what you're interested in and why you would like to find out some more information about organizational health. And Gordon and I will interview someone next month. Gordon, anything you add to
1: that? That sounds great. I'm excited. Can't wait.
0: That's good. So everyone, hey, thanks for listening, Gordon. Uh, This has been a great three months. Thank you for what you're doing and helping me and helping our team, you know, to go to slow down to speed up. So we're seeing some great benefits and we'll continue to. So
1: my pleasure, Tim. My pleasure.
0: That sounds good. And hey, for our listeners, take care and God bless. If you would like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We will be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that will get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month.